Hello and welcome to episode 5 of the Live Big Podcast. Today we are talking about the science of yoga as presented by Patanjali and how something called Sam Yoga um, can interfere with how we perceive experiences. So the identification to self, the identification of the seer and the scene and how we can quiet the mind to separate ourselves from who we think we are. So I've been reading a lot about Sam Yoga and it's just because I've been coming back to my um, regular scheduled meditation every day and my teacher Gabrielle Bernstein has been talking a lot about how we need to come back to our spiritual practice even in the face of greatness. So even when we feel amazing, even when we feel like life is really in the flow and we don't, at that point, sometimes we tend to stray away from our meditation habits and just start to get up and go about our day because we feel great, right? And it's, it's, that's awesome. If you feel great, awesome. I've been feeling really good and um, I think it's just really important to keep that awareness that my meditation is always here for me, that my yoga mat is always here for me and that I need to pay tribute to that process every day. Um, If there are a lot of highs and lows happening um, and we're riding the high, we stray away from all of our tools a lot of the time. So I'm trying to come back to just head it off at the pass and just be present in my meditation. Um, it, it also keeps me a lot calmer. It keeps me very present. So when I am enjoying um, an experience, it allows me to kind of just fall into that experience a little bit more, expand time and um, take, take awareness in. Um, I think we tend to run through experiences um and future trips so um looking for the next next great experience looking for the next big thing and when we have a low it our mind and our 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 need for that next hit right it's our need for that next great experience that next great thing instead of just trying to enjoy the now um, and not even just enjoying but just experiencing the now so trying to not future trip (laughs) is the big thing right and um, the body then the mind really acts like um, you know those experiences kind of act like sugar so we're just trying to get another hit of sugar a lot of the time and when we don't get it we're on a low so Sam Yoga is really about understanding um, how we are experiencing life and how we are seeing ourselves, right? Um, So all that is invisible clings to the invisible, the audible to the inaudible, the tangible to the intangible, perhaps the thinkable to the unthinkable. So the science of yoga is... um, it, it presupposes that a divine inner light of awareness um, invisibly pervades the entire manifest world, right? So this is the most powerful energy that we have, is our inner pure light of awareness, that which never changes, is always consistent, is always there. And I was also listening to a song this morning by Matan, um, my one of my favorite... Um, uh, mantra teachers he sings about how grateful he is that um, God created his home in his heart that home lives in the heart and how grateful we should be that we walk around with our home in our heart all the time that we always have access to this this space within us but a lot of us don't tap into that space and therefore we feel a lot of chaos in our lives we feel a lot of loneliness and separation and judgment and a lot of these heavy negative energies that are happening around us because we think that we are alone and so we're constantly trying to search for someone or something or an experience to fulfill that need And there's nothing wrong with wanting 
desiring you know human touch or her relationships that's very in my opinion very important part of life but we can actually elevate those experiences when we know that we are calm and centered and full of life within ourselves that we aren't dependent upon what experiences have in store for us whatever the experiences it is we can just enjoy it as it is when we are centered and so the, this pure inner light of awareness that Patanjali talks about is like um, like sugar dissolved in water. There are two distinct entities eternally joined so as to appear as one, right? And what he's talking about with that is the pure inner light of awareness within the heart, within the body. And because we have, we are in, we can tangibly feel our body, we can see our body, we can hear ourselves, we disconnect from that which we cannot see. Um, so Sam Yoga means mistakenly thinking that these two entities are the same and that um, basic blender prevents us from connecting with our purusa, from our pure inner light of awareness. And it literally means, Sam Yoga literally means confusion. So if a piece of black glass representing the manifest world is overlaid on a piece of clear glass representing our inner light of awareness, our eyes see only black glass, right? So the only way to distinguish between the two is to turn our attention inwards and experience um, what cannot be perceived by our external sensory organs. And for those of you that have experienced deep meditation, um, and a, the calmness, the peace that, that comes with that, um, it's as if we're giving a voice to the quiet silence that is always living within us. But when we're constantly bombarding, bombarding our silent center with noise and food and you know just external factors, that's when our attention is geared towards the external and our inner light of awareness the the experience of that the energy of that has been dimmed and so that's why we are a lot of us are not connected to that energy and all, always feeling empty but it when it's like filling a glass up so we want to really fill our cup up with this attention towards that inner pure light of awareness um, and a really great tip for that is just coming into for meditation is sitting in silence and if you have never meditated sometimes the best way to start with the silence is to literally just turn everything off and have quiet surrounding you wherever you are whether it's working in silence, whether it's cleaning the dishes in silence, whether, you know, whatever it is, just having silence around you. Um, and that can be a very difficult thing for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are scared of silence, um, that it means that they're alone, that nothing's happening. Um, and I know that I've felt that as well. Sometimes I am scared of the silence because there, I know <laughs> that there are things that are going to come up for me when I, when, when I have nothing else distracting me. Um, but it's about just, uh, just finding comfort in the silence, finding comfort in the quiet. Because the way that I like to think about it is that the quiet is like this very powerful but soft comforting duvet that just surrounds my body and permeates into my mind and as it per permeates into my mind and into my heart it's slowly quieting everything down into my being quieting and quieting and quieting to this very quiet space where I can think clearly where I can feel clearly where I am not no longer attached to my thoughts anything like that so the silence is the tool to quieting the mind and I notice for me a lot of the time when I'm meditating I like to use music I love music I love mantras I connect to music a lot of the time but sometimes it's the music that will not allow us or the sound around us 
that will allow us to come into that inner true a quiet space right and if you've been working with meditation a lot you will probably be able to come into that quiet space more quickly but my recommendation is if you haven't been able to meditate a lot or you're not used to it using the silence as a tool and really trying to find comfort in silence instead of seeing it as something that's scary just try to befriend that space a little bit more and so um so the only way to distinguish between these two um, entities, between your pure inner light of awareness and who you think you are, the body, is to turn your attention inward and experience that which cannot be perceived, right? So the concepts of time, space, and language are qualities of ever-changing manifesting world. So they don't exist in and they cannot be applied to our unchanging conscious awareness. So there's nothing changing about your pure inner light of awareness. There is nothing changing about that. It is always the same. It is who you are. It was how you were born. It, it, this energy exi- existed before your body existed. That's something to really take in. This energy existed before your body existed. So even though things change in this physical world, they get older, they change, um, your pure inner light of awareness is always the same. Even though we do, we do learn things, right? We, and we take that in. It doesn't really change that pure inner light of awareness. So a clear and quiet heart-mind is the only way to allow this deep insight necessary to connect with that true divine essence within us and so if we can find the quiet and the silence and start to just allow to seep into our being and this is another uh, there was a book that somebody that my friend Darren uh, Darren Austin Hall if you want to follow him on Instagram (laughs) uh, he was talking about a book today that I thought I really want to read this because this is something that has been coming up for me a lot about just being more present. I think we give a lot of ourselves away these days. We give a lot of ourselves away in terms of energy through social media and through um, just trying to show the world that what we're doing is good. You know, like we want people to kind of approve of what it is we're doing or see what it is we're doing so that we can get more recognition from that experience. And in doing so, we actually give the energy of that experience away. And so he was recommending this book called The Presence Process. So A Journey into Present Moment Awareness by Michael Brown. And talking about how our conscious response for then for um so each day i guess so each week there are different um themes to this right so i feel unconditionally feel feeling unconditionally integrates so the consequence of living in time is that we experience pain and discomfort throughout the presence process when we refer to pain and discomfort we include all discomfort whether it manifests physically mentally or emotionally pain and discomfort are words we use to describe an energetic conditions within our emotional body this energetic condition contains an unintegrated charge which we perceive physically and emotionally as uncomfortable mentally it feels wrong unpleasant unproductive against us harmful and unnatural due to our conditioned mental and physical perception of this emotional condition our automatic reaction is to is to it is usually founded upon fear and therefore fueled with resistance so from the moment we enter this world we are taught by example to fear and therefore resist pain and discomfort by controlling these fears sedating them and distracting ourselves so that really goes along with sam yoga in terms of we are mentally and emotionally affected through how we perceive things and how we are told to perceive things. 
right? Oh, you don't want to be a loner. You don't want to be alone. You don't, you know, you don't want to be in this stillness because that means that you are alone. We're told a lot. We're told a lot as, um, you know, ever since we're born. So it's hard to sometimes sit in the silence and just accept where we are. And, um, social media has, has kind of amplified that, um, you know, a lot, I would say. Um, not just because you're so aware of what other people are doing and who they're with and you're seeing, you know, how that people are busy and they're doing things all the time. And this fear of missing out concept is always, always there, especially present, um, I find in the summer, you know, when the weather's good and everybody's doing things, right? And um, I think that we all have that. We, to a certain degree, we all, we all want to be busy. We all want to be productive. We all want to be moving forward. We always want to be changing, bettering, all these different things. But what if we were to strip away everything that you think? thought about the world and everything that people thought about you and understood that none of that actually uh, contributes to your experience of the world. And you took that away and you started to fully live present in each experience, whatever that was. It doesn't have to be anything big. It could just be simply being alone drinking tea. Like it could just simply be alone writing in a journal. Um, it could be just sitting by a lake and watching nature, whatever it is. But if we are not fully um, in that space, fully present to that moment, we are not honoring ourselves. We are not honoring our pure inner light of awareness. We're not even listening to it. We're not even focused on it, especially when we're trying to share it with the rest of the world. That is when we're taking that experience and we're actually working with it and, and, and taking our attention away from it to give to others. So I also have this kind of this, um, uh, just a little bit of like, a, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's when I look at people doing vlogs on YouTube, I start to feel like, okay, so I understand that people want to capture, capture their lives daily and sometimes those daily vlogs are for them so that when they're 90 years old or 80 years old they they can look back when they were 20 or 30 and watch their kids again through the videos and all this stuff but it's like when you're 80 or 90 like I get it but are you going to watch every single video and truly enjoy it as much as when you were actually experiencing it I don't think so. I think that when you are videotaping something and then you're going to edit it later and then you want to watch it later, you're actually taking away from that experience in your soul. Like you're not actually able to incorporate it into your heart as much as you want to because you're not being fully present. You're taking something away from the experience in order to see it later. So it's a very interesting concept because... You can see maybe the be- the idea of it being a benefit to some people so that they can, you know, just like we've always taken photos and we've always had, you know, maybe some so- form of video of our lives. Um, but truly being present in an experience is the most powerful thing you can do. Um, when you can actually step away from everything else and what everybody else is doing, the most happy times, like think about that, the most fulfilling and the most joyful times in your life were probably not when you were on your phone trying to share it with the rest of the world. They were when you didn't care about that, when you were so enraptured in that experience and you everything that you needed was there in that experience. Those are the times when you are the most joyful when we can actually experience what is happening right now so that's just my thoughts on the whole social media stuff but again it's not like I don't use social media but I do have this kind of like this feeling of 
sometimes I just want to walk away from it, <laughs> leave it all together. Cause I think it, it does change the, it actually is mentally changing the way our brains are wired, physically changing the way our brains are wired in order to p- perceive experiences. Um, and it's also changing the way that we perceive relationships, um, the way we perceive men, the way we perceive women. Um, yeah, it's really creating like these symbols out of people and, our expectations are heightened in terms of visual identity because these photos are actually creating a visual expectation for us that is rewiring the way that we perceive the world. So it can be actually very dangerous. The more we're online, the more we are on Instagram, the more we're on Facebook, it can be very, very dangerous to a certain... And I think we're all trying to figure out how to regulate that time spent on social media, regulate what we're seeing on social media, um, a, a lot of different things, right? So the practical way to view Sam Yoga is as simply as being too close to a situation to see it clearly. Yeah. So when we are too close to a situation, we tend to get emotionally wrapped up in it and we can't actually separate ourselves from, from, clarity from what is actually happening and um, if there's no space to observe then we lack the proper perspective Um, and this can cause suffering so if you found a spiritual guru has who initiated you into his lineage after you practice loyally and faithfully with him for many years the guru's reputation comes crashing down as evidence of impropriety with female devotees comes to light which has happened before. This has happened um, with with certain gurus. And if you're so loyal that you believe that the gurus claims that he is innocent instead of overwhelming evidence against him, then you remain in the delusional realm of ignorance. And your perspective is so narrow that you can't accept the truth of of what this means. And the ability to separate yourself from what you are involved in and to observe a situation or event from a distance allows you to put what you perceive into the proper perspective. And sometimes we don't want to be told that we're wrong. We don't want to be told that our life is a lie, especially if we've, you know, had a, had such a strong devotion to a guru or a strong devotion to a culture or religion or a political party or whatever it is. We don't want to be told that we're wrong. We don't want to believe it. We don't want to believe that what we all the energy we've put into something is a lie. Um, and so Sam Yoga is that that delusion of believing that we are this situation. We are it, it is an identification of who we are. Um and there's a shroud of ignorance covering this inner light of awareness, right? So um, it causes Sam Yoga by preventing our heart mind from seeing clearly. Um, so this is that, that type of uncovering that we have to, because we have a covering there, we've, we've, for me, the way that I like to explain it, is not necessarily a covering, but a dimming of our pure inner light of awareness that we have shut it out and not connected to it enough in order to actually see situations for what they are. And you'll notice this if you are a very reactionary person. If you are very defensive about a certain situation or a certain person, right? And I think instead of maybe the example of a guru would be like a spouse um, or someone who, someone who's just really important in your life that you would protect to the nth degree. Um, but I think in my life, I've seen that all cr- come crashing down in terms of uh, other people's situations. I, you know, I've had, had a, seen a lot of people go through a divorce and, you know, at one point they would have died for this person and, and this person was everything to them and they weren't seeing things clearly because they wanted it to work and they, they wanted this person to be a certain, you know, what they wanted them to be. They, they thought of them in a, a specific light and they would die on a hill for that person to be that. 
And the moment they found out that they weren't like that, um, you know, it's it it crashes your world down because you you've Sam Yoga has prevented your heart mind from seeing clearly, and so you superimpose the seer and the scene. So empowering the ego and keeping um, ourselves trapped in the changing cycles of the manifest world. So we become almost a victim to these changes because we're so unraveled in them that we can't stand back and say, oh, it doesn't matter if things come crashing down. It doesn't matter if things change because I am still me. I am still, I still have this pure inner light of awareness in me. I still have this calm space. And that takes a lot of um, becoming into that deep meditation and understanding that that power is always there for you to tap into. And if you haven't felt it, this this might be really deep for you. And, and because it's hard to understand and it's hard to wrap your your, your awareness around that, your understanding around that, if you haven't felt that deep sense of peace. Because when we can come into that deep sen- sense of peace and having, it's almost like within you there's this really, really calm lake, this really calm body of water and not even a ripple. Like the top is just like glass all the time. It's always like that. And we can always tap into it and we can always have that. But if we allow all these external situations and the ever-changing world to keep raining droplets down onto this really calm, serene body of water and rock it and create waves and turmoil within this water, we can't come back to that sense of peace we have control over that body of water within us that is still that is calm that is that can be a very still and calm body of water if we allow these external situations to keep raining down on it and creating waves then we will have chaos within us all the time it's so hard trust me i mean i have i've been in situations even within you know an office situation and you know maybe somebody's telling you that you know really really rocking your center in terms of uh competing with you telling you that you're not good enough that you suck at your job that you'll never be good that you're this that you're that you know people like to attack the understanding of this if we can take this type of practice into our life is understanding that that if somebody is trying to attack us and place blame on us and tells that we're not good enough that that truly has nothing to do with us but that is where they are coming from that is their storm within them that they are trying to put onto somebody else because they're walking around with this storm inside of them but as soon as we can get rid of sam yoga in terms of this we are separating ourselves from the situation we can separate ourselves from that person knowing that everything that they are carrying around with them is is going to be put onto people that are around them, then we can step away and say, oh, that has nothing to do with me and I'm not going to take that personally. Because that person is clearly really unhappy and sad that they need to treat another person that way. So, And it's not even like a judgment. It's just a fact. That's what it is. Those, those people are really unhappy and all we can do is step away and say I hope that I hope that person you know something happens where they can actually find peace. But for me, I own where I'm at and I know who I am and um whatever they've said to me is not the truth that I I can be who I am and you know maybe Maybe there's thing, certain things within within me that I can look look at on my own time and try and better myself, but there is no need to be taking in what other people say about us, um, and and the breathing and the coming into that space of oh that person is in their own 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 reality they've created their own reality and they're they're just playing a movie and projecting it on other people then we can kind of lower, slow the heart rate down again, come into a place of peace, right? It's really hard. I mean, I used to have a lot of 
um, reactionary responses to things. And I think that's why I drained my adrenal system at such a young age when I was 26, because I was so reactionary, like anything that anybody said to me, I was on, I was ready to protect myself. And I, but I would take it to heart. Like I would take everything that everyone said to heart. Like this is who I, that must be who I am. Cause that person sees it, you know? And that's just not true. Just because somebody perceives something about you doesn't mean it's real. It's just what they are seeing because that's their reality. It doesn't necessarily mean that's, that's how you're seen by everybody or that's how you are. But I think we, a lot of us take that to heart and that's why we have these major reactionary responses and we get unraveled in situations especially if we've been working somewhere for a really long time or we've been in a relationship with someone for a really long time. And that's why so much baggage comes along with family because we can never start anew. You know, it feels like we can never, ever come back to a family and be seen in a new light. We will always be seen as, you know, when we were babies or when we were kids or when this happened when you were four or when this happened when you were 12. Like we always have that baggage coming back with us whenever we are around family. And that's why Sam Yoga is such a huge thing when we're around family because we can't disconnect from that reality that has been created for years and years and years, right? And so um, really tapping into this pure inner light of awareness um, is so important, especially in those times when you you need to feel individualized, right? Um, So when this pure inner light of awareness and chitta, which is your heart-mind consciousness, right? Because the chitta is how we perceive things. Okay, so how you perceive things through the mind is always filtered through how open your heart is. If your heart has been closed through certain experiences, it's like a filter to the mind. So you can just kind of envision the cheetah as like this broad, this very broad filter that connects your mind to your heart and how you see things, how you perceive things. And this also connects back to why how other people perceive you isn't isn't the reality. Because that's their chitta. That it depends on how close their heart is, or how open their heart is, or how open they are to seeing certain things, and they will always perceive things and compare them to past experiences. That's just how we are as humans. That's how we are. Um, so the chitta are t- is taken as one. So it's when your pure inner light of awareness and your chitta is taken as one and the same thing, and identified as part of the individual sense of I. Then the mental emotional affliction called asmita has reared its proud head. Okay, so when you are perceiving your pure inner light of awareness and your chitta as the same thing, and you identify that with your sense of yourself, then your affliction has reared its proud head. Right? Um, for example, so if you think that you are your body and that your thoughts and emotions um, and that you are your thoughts and your emotions, then you are identifying yourself in an outer way, equating your I to a constantly changing set of objects. Constantly changing set of objects. So once you recognize your divine inner nature as a permanent light of awareness around everything else that changes, then your false imposition of Sam Yoga disappears. Okay, so I'll say that again. Once you recognize your divine inner nature as a permanent light of awareness around all else that changes, then the false superimposition of Sam Yoga disappears. So knowing that you are actually are a constant within physical elements that are always changing gives you empowerment to know that you will never die there's nothing to be fearful of nothing can change you nothing nothing can change you I think the most powerful example that I was ever given of this was actually by Marianne Williamson and I was watching 
and this wasn't in a book. This wasn't in anything that I read. This was from her Monday, I think it's her Monday evening um, services, sermons, where somebody asked the question, and this was so powerful. She asked, how can I feel that I am still innocent, that I am still pure, pure when I have been raped over and over and over? Like I have been raped three times. How can I feel that I am clean, that I am pure, that I am still innocent, that I am still perfect and whole, right? Like how can I feel all of this when I have been through so much physically? I think that was the most powerful thing, the most powerful question I've ever heard. And then the answer was so powerful in that she said, and she used these exact words of, "You, you are a child of God. You are a pure inner light of awareness. Nothing can touch that. Nothing. No matter what experiences you've been through, physically, emotionally, mentally, nothing can touch your pure inner light of awareness, who you are all the time. That is who you are, not your body, not the experiences you've been through, not the house you live in, not anything. Nothing in this world is real. Your pure inner light of awareness is who you have always been. No one can take that away from you. So it's pretty powerful stuff. When we start to actually realize that our family isn't who we are, our situations aren't who we are, but we, we can allow that to, to mold us and shape us. And um, not just that, but we can allow it to actually change how our brain works uh, biologically. Because when you buy into fear, like you'll notice certain traits in people who live in fear or poverty or bad areas of the world where crime rates are, are really high. And um, you'll actually notice traits in those people that are very similar that because they are actually and they are more reactionary because they are coming from a pla- place of protection at all times. So you know, even you look at sociology, just in the way that people interact with other people, how biologically their, their bodies are, are functioning, how their brain wavelength is working. The more fear, the heightened fear within cultures, the more reactionary people are, the more violent they are, the more they connect themselves to their physical surroundings. Um, and there's just not a sense of peace or calm. So we can see this, you know, just in in researching different areas of the world, right? Um, but yeah, when we can tap into this pure inner light of awareness through meditation, that is when we can be more empowered, when we can be more centered and stable to know that, Nothing, there is nothing to be fearful of. Nothing outside of us can affect us. Yes, we can be affected physically. We can be affected by, you know, regulations of the government, taxes, um, you know, where we live, our environment. We can be affected physically by all of these things. But our pure inner light of awareness will always remain, even after our body dies even after we are no longer here. We will always be the same channeled energy, always. And and the only way to tap into that energy, to truly understand it, is to come into that sense of stillness through meditation, is to come into a place where we are in silence, in quiet, in pre- true ultimate presence. So I think that for me, what I'm taking away from this today and and what I've kind of been thinking about the last two weeks is I really need, you know, I need a week or I need two weeks to maybe two weeks is too long because I have, you know, I have business online. My business is online. It makes it a lot harder to step away from social media for me. But I'm, my spirit has called to me to say, I need to be away from that. I need to step into my own reality more. I need to give my life more attention. 
more presence. And because I need to start growing that garden a little bit more in terms of the presence of my relationships, in terms of the presence of where I'm going next. Because I feel like, you know, I'm not in huge transition mode. I know I know that I'm happy where I live. I know that I'm happy in what I'm doing. I know that I'm happy, you know, um, in my personal life. But I want to grow that more. I want to be more present in it, and I want to grow that garden more. I want to grow my relationships more. And the only way to do that is to truly be focused on my own life and not anybody else's life. So if we're constantly taking in other people's life situations, we will constantly be inspired by them, but constantly influenced by them as well. And I just don't want to be influenced right now. (laughs) I'm really feeling like I want to be more creative in my life right now in the presence of my life and truly experience the life that I've created for myself. Um, So turning our attention inwards enables us to gradually distinguish between what sees and what is seen. So the veil of ignorance is lifted when we observe the world exactly as it is. So without distortion, without influence of anyone else, then Sam Yoga ends, suffering ends, and true freedom begins. And I, I get emotional over that because I just think the freedom of letting go of that pressure of like always having to be perfect or that pressure of always having to look perfect or seem perfect or have these pressures of like being the perfect mother, perfect girlfriend or perfect wife or perfect friend, perfect daughter, perfect everything. Like we want to be the best at every relationship we have. We want to be seen to be the best and And sometimes things like social media or sometimes things like, you know, constant pressure from other people or being seen by other people for doing certain things takes us away from what we are truly trying to experience. Right? So an unbiased yet well-informed perspective is the best way to understand any situation. So when we can come into that space of presence, then we we don't we aren't connect we aren't necessarily connected to to anything. I think the uh, the other side to this is you know if you're thinking in political terms, of of just standing in the middle and saying, hey, like do I do I need to change the way I think about this, or do I need to be connected to this idea? Do I do I need to die on a hill for this idea? And if I do, why? You know, thinking about why you're so passionate about one thought or the other or one opinion or, or, or the other. And, you know, the other side to this for me is that I think it's really good to have opinions. I do. But I also think that we, we don't we shouldn't be totally black and white about those opinions either, that we should be open to changing, you know. And I can recognize when I am too involved in a situation to perceive it clearly and fairly. So the more meditation we do, the more self-work we do on ourselves, the more we can separate ourselves from any any one situation. And you know, I'll strive to step back more and dis- and discriminate between impermanent changing events and the eternal inner light of awareness. So really stepping back and trying to separate myself from what is really going on. What is really going on? Because ugh, all these images and all these noises, all this news, all this these visuals, there's just so much information, um, sensory information coming in if we allow it, that it's so loud and it's so hard to quiet down again but because for me because I do meditate quite often sometimes when the when my television is on and I can just hear all this noise like I'm not even listening anymore but I just hear all this noise because I've heightened my the quiet inside of me there's something in my mind now that's like okay, I got to turn this off. Like I have to turn this off. It's too loud. I can't, I can't do it. 
But if we don't have that quiet within us, we actually don't have that um, thought process of turning off the TV. We're just so used to it because we're so in in this river of flowing information and constant noise that we and sometimes we need to adapt to that (laughs) because you know if we have lots of kids or we have lots of things going on all the time we have to be on it within that loud chaos all the time sometimes we just have to be used to it um but there will come a time you know when we feel kind of like overwhelmed because we haven't stepped back so there's this balance i think obviously the, the answer to everything is balance for me, I need a lot of quiet in my life now. I just do. And, and, um, because I do a lot of deep inner work, a lot of meditation, a lot of connection to God, a lot of connection to the universe. Um, the noise, the external noise is, is, is louder for me. I can, I can hear it more and I, I don't necessarily like it that much anymore. So, um, just an exercise to take away is think of a situation where you were too involved to be able to perceive it clearly. How would it have helped if you could have stepped back and gained more of an objective view? And then meditate on your inner light of awareness in order to experience it as a separate, ever-present entity. So I think that that's very important. I just got this tattoo, actually, um, it says rose and then it has a rose on it. But that came to me in a meditation that was very, very loud and powerful. Um, my pure inner light of awareness actually has a name <laughs> and it was given to me in my meditation that this, this pure inner light of awareness is separate, is an ever-present entity isn't me who I am in this life, in this body, but is always here with me. And I do always feel like there, I'm never alone, that I always have someone with me, that that pure inner light of awareness is someone, is an entity within me. So Rose, which is interesting to me too, because when it came to me, it was like, it was so powerful and it was... um you know, it, just this feeling that washed over me that you're right. <laughs> it was like, you are right. You aren't ever alone. You are not ever alone. You are, you have this entity with you all the time, protecting you, knowing, knowing that where you're going, you know, knowing who you are and you are Caitlin in this life, but more over in the bigger, broader expansional version of life that you in every single life you, you you are rose this is who you are and for me what it represents is respect of self entity so rose respect of self entity this ever present entity that is within me and i respect her you know respect it whoever <laughs> but um i have done the work i have done the meditation i have been doing a lot of inner Um, awareness work and conscious work that I have been able to connect with this energy very deeply and very powerfully and so this is why this sutra I really wanted to talk about it today because I think that is what's this sutra is what is uh, separating us from seeing who we really are separating the seer with the scene so if I am seeing this Who is the perceiver? Who is the perceiver and who is being seen and what is being seen? So it's going a little bit deeper in terms of like, okay, if I'm not saying this and I'm not perceiving this, then who is perceiving it and who is the perceiver? Um. And that is this, the, that pure inner light of awareness, that self-entity that is always there. So meditating on that is a very, very powerful practice. I really recommend it. I really recommend being open to it and just seeing what comes up for you. Um, because uh, it's kind of unexplainable. And I know it probably sounds crazy to a lot of people, but that is 
what I know to be true because I've experienced it. And I don't think that you can kind of wrap your mind around it unless you have allowed yourself to be open to it or experience it. Um, But if you have experienced it, maybe like comment on this podcast or reach out to me. I love hearing from everybody that's listening to this podcast. I love connecting. I think that's what's really important through these things that... um, through, through these types of um, communication tools is that we are connecting about these things and, and thinking about it because um, it's real. And um, the more I can allow a space for other people to, to uh, express this as well and feel comfortable to come into this space, then I feel like I've done my job, you know. Um, but that's all I have to say today. Um, the other thing to do is mix some sugar in some water and watch the, sh- the sugar dissolve. Then taste, taste the invisible sweetness and think of that sweet inner, invisible inner light of awareness that resides in your body. So yeah, it's kind of like that sweet residual of um, sugar that's dissolving. You can't, you can't see it. You can't feel it but you can taste it and you can experience it in different ways. And that's the power of meditation is truly getting to know who you are and, um, and understanding that, that nothing external can affect you and that you are empowered by being with yourself fully and completely as, as, a, as an entity that is separate from you, from your body. So I know that was a really deep conversation, but I think for me, these, these uh, themes and these topics come to me throughout the week, and um, I th- also feel like there was a lot of um, healing to be done this week, um, just in terms of the energy that's been going on, and um, I, I really love having this podcast and opening it up to other people. So if this has, you know, kind of encouraged you or inspired you or um, just affected you in any way, please reach out to me. I love to hear from you. And um, like I said, in the coming weeks, I will be having some guests on the podcast. Um, hopefully next week and I'll be announcing those soon. So have a beautiful week. Let me know how these meditations go for you because I think they're very, very powerful. So yeah, if you have any other questions about Sam Yoga or the Sutra, um, again, these sutras come from the book, The Path of the Yoga Sutras, A Practical Guide to the Core of Yoga by Nikolai Bachman. Um, he's also the author of The Language of Yoga. And this book is my Bible, basically. Other than the Bhagavad Gita, this is, the, this is mine. So um, this is how I apply a lot of my lessons, lots of tools to my life in order to feel my best version of myself, my highest version of myself, and to always be able to show up in my experiences fully and completely. So let me know how it goes. Um, reach out to me, comment, share this podcast, please rate and review so that we can get more people listening. And I hope you enjoyed. Have a beautiful week.